Hey, this is Kai Guy coming in not live from Lexington, where I'm preparing to go back to school in a few in a handful of days. And speaking of that, I'm going to be talking today to Sherla Collimore Phillips, who is from Barbados. She's been an educator for 30 years. She's taught ages um, 3 to 16. And I met her when I was in preschool, and she's still one of my teachers today while I'm going into fifth grade. So, given her background and experiences, I thought she would be an interesting guest who has some interesting perspectives on today's topics. So, good morning, Michelle. How are you? How's your summer been? It's been going pretty well. Nice. I, I would like to start by asking you how you got into the teaching profession. Um, <clears throat> I think there's, there's this natural assumption that when you uh, head to college in, in Barbados, you, there are a number of professions that you tend to gravitate toward, especially if you have a, a degree in literature and linguistics. And so I think it was that that um, prompted me to really try out the um, school environment. And uh, so I went into school for in a temporary position just to see what that would look like and, or feel like. And, and I stayed, let's say, <laughs> um, really great children and a, a really good school community and, and, um, and thought I'll see how that works for me. I think that I can take from that that you like it, that you like your profession, right? I would say, Kai, it's something that... Um, grew upon me <laughs> uh, because I've, I've moved from, <clears throat> pardon me, I've, I've moved from age group to age group. And so I started teaching children who were ages 11 to 16. And um, I found that came with some challenges, uh, uh, especially if you're teaching um, literature in um, language. And, and um, <clears throat> a level of uh, frustration with um, starting children at age 11 and so and correcting endless endlessly endless hours of grammar um, <laughs> but knowing that children needed a stronger foundation in order to make to be very successful to be as successful as they um, they, they potentially could be then I went to Bermuda and I, I totally changed from the older age group to much younger preschool and um, met uh, a Montessori trained teacher and discovered that that was really the style I was looking for. So um, then I fell in love with teaching after that. But I would say, you know, in initial years, um, it was more of a discovery. Um, and then I landed where I am now. Do you think coming from a different place in the world would have influenced who you are as a teacher? No, um, I think I think as a teacher, 
you you grow if you um changes happen within within you as you develop in education and i i don't think that it's uh, actually a cultural thing um i i think it's more of a professional thing where you you actually learn more about children and um you learn more about your environments and um and you're more attuned to to especially children's needs and i think for for the most part that's that would have impacted um changes rather than um where i was from if that makes sense to you kai yeah so um since you are a black woman do you have a do you have a view on the recent racial tensions are you sure i'm a black woman kai <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot here <laughs> are you sure i'm a black woman um i think <laughs> i'm teasing you Okay, well this seems like a good time to ask you if you prefer the term black that I just used or the term BIPOC, which stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. Personally, I've always supported um, black. And, um, and I think it is because you grow up hearing the races defined, you know, <clears throat> very separately, black white, Asian, you know, other. Um, and so that's a natural, natural thing. Um, you know, as you grow, you, you become, you become used to it. There's, there's no, I wouldn't say there's ever a comfort in, in being called black, because if you're being called black, there is this, uh, this assumption that it is distinct from something else. If you if if you understand what I mean, so uh, but if I have an option of whether I'm called black or BIPOC, which is the new terminology that seems to be surfacing, I would actually rather be black than than BIPOC. I am not sure. I, I didn't get far enough into my research to see um, who is trying to push that. <laughs> I I see it as a I, I see it as like escaping, es escaping a situation, a group escaping the real trials and um, of, of black people, and by simply lumping us and any other group that is not white into a, another group. So let's take anybody else who is not white. Let's put them into one big barrel and let them fight over there. And so that's my that's my picture of um <coughs> excuse, excuse me of um BIPOC and um it, to me it doesn't solve problems it, it also feels quite insulting actually well i feel like that was a very important th view for people to hear who think BIPOC is a respectful term and now back to my question about uh, being a a black woman in the recent racial tensions. 
do I have a, a an opinion on the recent um, um typically I tend to avoid getting involved let's put it like that and it's because and, and for the simple reason is that it causes a lot of emotional pain Kai. um I think as a black person if you if you you know assess the situation if you've lived it i mean living it is, is tough is it and um so you kind of at some point as you're growing up decide whether or not you want to continue to um process the things around you that seem to be not changing and you, you have to decide how much you're going to let it affect you and because sometimes it could be debilitating it can really uh, affect how you um how you feel about yourself how you feel about others and it, it can be very depressing and so a long time ago i i decided you know life was not fear <laughs> i think when i was in university I kind of worked out life was very very on fear and in order for me to really uh, focus and kind of uh, uh, be uh, allow myself to to thrive as a person that i had to focus on other things other than race and um but it's always been at the background you always know uh that you're not going to be treated equally think of you differently and uh and so um at this point in time in the U.S. and in, in this history, um, it feels like a resurgence of all the, all the old feelings of um, you know unfair treatment, and um, and it's sad that um, my my personal thoughts is that I I mean I've said to some people I don't know if it will ever change. I, I race is something that's so um, deeply seated in people's minds and um and, and it's hard to look past um initial color is it's very very challenging um because this is centuries and centuries of 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 erroneous feelings you know i think i i kind of have to be thankful that there are some people who actually are voice their opinions very strongly and actually really want to get into that physical um um the protest to 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 do to get better um at this at the same time i i i am um, i think i'm the type of person who look for uh, much more peaceful solutions uh, i, I want to sit at the table with not just um my own uh race but i want to sit at the table with every member of every race and there i want to um, be part of a bigger conversation and, and but I think uh, I think for some people it feels like you have to get this ground protest this protest off the ground first before you get to the table and I want to get to the table <laughs> first so um, yeah I do have a lot of mixed feelings about about this uh, situation right now and, and how we go about it and if it ever will change Okay, so thank you. That was a very interesting answer. And now, what do you think about politics? Generally, 
over the years is the way I have looked at politics, any candidate who really is pushing to, to win have always used um, race and have always used um, the, the people who, who are, are more, um, who, are, who are in a struggle to further their causes to win. And I don't, so I always feel like we are pawns. <laughs> that's, my, that's my opinion, really, when it comes to politics. The, the, the most vulnerable groups out there tend to be pawns for all politicians, no matter which group it is. And, and so we kind of have to be really, really, really uh, careful about how we are, are, are listening and, and, um, and how we really judge them. Because I don't always think that what they're saying is necessarily um, what they're feeling as people. Um, and, and so I, I wouldn't allow myself to, be, to judge the candidate really based on uh, what they're saying they're going to do for a black race, for example. I, I think it's in the heat of the moment, it's a moment at a time, the time is right to include maybe or exclude some group, and so you're just using it to get those ballots, and then once you've got those ballots, then there's a totally different situation. You realize the reality is you can't do much without that unity in Congress or some other place. And, um, and so all the things that you promise keep being struck down. And, and so you're, you're, you, 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 you end up being judged as a failure. And I don't think oh, that's it. I am more interested in people as knowing who they are inside. <coughs> Excuse me, Kai. I really am interested in people and, and their personalities, who, who they are, what they believe, what I see them, um, what, what their lives might have stood for before they got into politics. That to me um, is a true determinant of what somebody will do, not necessarily what policies they have hanging around at the moment. So thank you for chatting with me today. You're very welcome, Kai. Hope to see you again on another broadcast. And so for all of you people who have been listening to this podcast for a while, you would know that we do weird news. So this week, the weird news is Caesar the No Drama Llama, who is a llama who is walking around Portland during all of these, like, tough times that they're having over in Portland, Oregon. And, well, he's, like, he's being no drama and he's trying to calm people down by letting them give him hugs. So that's one section of the weird news. And then there's also... A rescue dog who was on a mountain has just been rescued. And I thought that that was kind of a cute story, kind of weird, you know. So that's your weird news for the week. But I'll see you next